Hello and thank you so much for joining Inspiring African Travel. Join Julia, James and Stuart on our podcast journey as we aim to bring you interviews with really inspiring people involved in tourism right across Africa. We'll bring you stories from amazing women breaking gender barriers, stories of hope and empowerment, and we're going to be sharing our passion, tips and experiences of responsible travel in this incredible part of the world. Welcome to our second series, Local Heroes in Tourism in Africa. We've got really wonderful people sharing inspiring stories of positive change through tourism, people coming from humble backgrounds to becoming successful professionals, and people sharing their life's dedication to responsible travel in Africa. Wonderful people, and we really hope you enjoy this second series. Good afternoon, everybody, or good morning, or good evening, whenever you are listening. Welcome to Inspiring African Travel. I'm James, and today we've got Stuart in South Africa. I'm calling in from Botswana. I just came back from Tanzania from an amazing trip over Christmas. We went to uh, Arusha, into the mountains, and we went to Zanzibar. So I'm feeling fresh and revitalized and really excited to have Musa Mbata with us, who is sitting at Babanango Game Reserve in KwaZulu-Natal, South Africa. And we've been dead excited to speak to Musa for a number of reasons. Firstly, because we love KwaZulu-Natal. Stuart and I uh, grew up there. We went to school there. We love that area of KwaZulu-Natal as well. Plus, we've heard a lot about Musa and uh, excited to hear his stories. And finally, the Babonango story is really remarkable. So welcome, Musa. Great to have you on board. How are you doing? Kunjani. Ngiyaphila baba unjani wena. Sikhona unjani. Hi, kuhle ngiyaphila. Hey, let's go, man. man. That's excellent. It's very good Zulu. <laughs> well, I had to had to have a decent amount of Zulu if if we were if we were just uh, bigging up the fact that we were poor, that we grew up in Zululand. Stuart, what's happening on your side? Hey James, how's it going? And yeah, uh, good here in in Johannesburg. I, I haven't moved around like you you did to, up to to East Africa, but uh, yeah, I'm doing really well, man. We uh, it's a nice warm warm day in Johannesburg. It's always typical January start of the year. And uh, also, yeah, ready to ready to go, and really looking forward to this discussion with you, Musa. Um, you know, as James mentioned, we did go to school down in that area, and I also lived uh, not far from where you are now. You know, I lived in a little town of Mtanzini, up the north coast mm. of uh, of KZN. Um, so that area, yeah, I'm very familiar with it, and I just I love that I love that area. Um, Musa, let, let's uh, why don't you just tell us a little bit about. Um, where you are at the moment and, and what your role is there at the Babanango at the Babanango Game Reserve. Okay, no, thank you very much, uh, Stuart. Uh, yeah, as you guys know, my name is Musa Mbata. I was born and grew up in this area uh, of Babanango. At the moment, I'm at Babanango Game Reserve where uh, I'm working and I am the reserve manager. I started in this industry back in 1999 as a gate or a game guard, just patrolling uh, the fence in a small uh, game reserve, which was called uh, Leopard Rock Game Reserve. 
1999. So you you grew up in that area, you said, and then um, but you moved away and and worked uh, worked at another reserve, did you? And now you've come back. Yeah, to give you a little bit of my history, as I said, I started work uh, here in this very same area in a, a game reserve called uh, Leopard Rock Reserve. That game reserve was closed down uh, in 2007 through the land restitution. And then which means that game reserve was bought by a government and then given back to, to people who used to live in that area. And then those people did not want a game reserve then. And then they said, we must pack up and go because they want to go back to their own area. And then by then, I, uh, we lost our jobs. And then I found a new job uh, in Susui in a private game reserve called Pinda Private Game Reserve, which is owned by and beyond. I started to work uh, at Pinda as a project manager for alien and invasive plants, uh, which means I was doing all the alien plant removal. Uh, in that game reserve. And then when I was working there, and then I started also studying further. Uh, I studied um, nature conservation and then I graduated in 2012. Uh, and then, you know what, through there, then I've been just doing small, uh, other small uh, causes, short causes. And then I was promoted then to an assistant game reserve manager uh, in that same, in that very same uh, game reserve, uh, Pinda Private Game Reserve. In 2018, when uh, Baba Game Reserve started, then I heard the rumors that there's a game reserve that might start uh, in Baba Nango. Uh, I heard those rumors through communities who wanted my advice on if they could establish a game reserve in this area. And then the community, this is like Babarang Game Reserve to, to also clarify, it's a community-owned game reserve. And then communities knowing me from my previous job at Leopard Rock, they then uh, asked if I can come and advise them to see if uh, Babarang Game Reserve can be a success. And then I joined, I think my first meeting with them was 2017, where we had the, that meeting. And then I said, guys, looking at the terrain, looking at this area, this can be a very successful game reserve. That was my advice to them. When everything came together, when they had an investor, when uh, Jeffrey van Staden uh, has found uh, Mr. Helmut Weiser, who is the main investor of Babylon Game Reserve, they asked me if I would love to join uh, this beautiful project. Then I said, uh, yes, I am keen for certain reasons. One reason is closer to my home. Uh, second reason, is that I also wanted to see people who are from my place also benefiting from conservation, you know. And then for me, this place is closer to my heart. And then it made me, uh, when I come back and also work uh, in the same area where I started conservation. That's, yeah, that's quite a cool breakdown. I'm curious, um, you, you mentioned that uh, Jeffrey from Staden and, and the investors sort of came together to be the um, project leaders behind it and got you on board. But I'm, I'm, I'm curious to know, so that land, um, am, I, am I understanding it correctly? It was land that was used as farming or it was community land that was kind of purchased and pulled together to form this greater reserve? How did it, how did it work? Okay, the land where the game reserve is uh, established, it's a land that was previously used uh, for different things. One of the things was cattle farming, 
The other thing, some of the land, it was used for timber plantation. The other farms were used for citrus farm. There were oranges planted around in these areas. And then these lands were bought from those uh, farm owners back in 2007 and then given back to uh, communities. And then from 2007 up until 2018, those land were vacant. They were not used uh, for commercial uh, purposes. They were used by people just to graze their cattle, but the land owners, which are the beneficiaries of the land, the people who claimed that land never benefited from that very same land that was bought for them from the old farmers uh, by the by government. And then, which means the people never benefited. And then, which made it now that with the Babanango Game Reserve coming on board, people are now going to start benefiting, of which, in fact, they've started benefiting already. One, uh, Babanango Game Reserve is not buying that land. It is renting that land from those people. Uh, the total of uh, land rented from people, uh, I think from one trust, I think it's 14,500 hectares. That land uh, has got close to 200 beneficiaries. And there's three community-owned properties that make the game reserve. And then those people are now benefiting through the rentals. That is one thing. And then the second thing is, uh, the benefits also, it is through a job uh, opportunities. Uh, already now, there are 150 people that are employed in this project, full-time employed, who have been getting their salaries through COVID-19. When the land went into uh, the lockdown, the whole country went into lockdown, people lost their jobs, other people were not paid. But now Cambridge, they have continued to pay, to pay salaries to those people, which was a huge benefit, and people are so happy. You know, to, to give you a background, in this area of Babanango, there are no other job opportunities in this area. It's a far area from any other thing. It's a rural area, far from any other development. You know, the, the town, Babanango town, which is one of the oldest towns in the area, it doesn't have anything in it here. Through the development of this game reserve, that town is coming to life now. It's nice to see when you walk around or when you drive around, you see these new houses getting built by people who are now working in this game reserve. It shows and proves that the game reserve is making a huge difference in people's lives. Incredible. And, and Musa, you've, you've done some guiding in your time as well, but you were talking about it, Pindo, when you were at Ambion you were in charge of de-alienating, so removing all the exotic plants and stuff like that. So is that was that your first part of the project at Babanango? Because you, it sounds like there was a lot of exotic, uh, invasive um, plants and wildlife in the area before you could start to establish a game reserve. Was that the first part of work, or were you actually also engaging with communities? Yeah, thanks, James. You know, being the local guy, who is familiar with the leadership of the area, either traditional leadership or political leadership. When I started back in, 20, in 2018, I had to do community engagement first. Tell people about the benefits of having the game reserve closer to them, why they will benefit and how they will benefit if we had a game reserve uh, close by. That made it easy for me as a person who grew up in the area, who knows some people, who in fact knew 
political uh, leaders, like your ward councillors, who also knew the traditional leaders, that was Amakosis and his Indunas. It made it easy for me to penetrate and to go through and speak to people in tribal courts uh, and introducing the game reserve, you know, which was difficult because some people, you know, people will have their own reservations about uh, game reserves uh, because of stories that they read through uh, newspapers or stories that they see on TVs where lions will break out and eat uh, their kettles. I, I managed to to explain and clarify how that happened in those areas and why it will not happen in this in, in this game reserve. And if it happens, what will happen? Because we cannot say it won't happen. We also have to prepare ourselves for the worst in everything. And then the, the bigger game reserve uh, has got some alien plant uh, in it. That is your uh, wattle, which was planted, uh, you know what, to be harvested and sold by the previous farmers. The first thing we had to do was to now start and try and remove uh, those, alien, those alien plants on those areas, which means that was my first project after the community engagement. And then, yeah, at the moment, we're busy trying to remove all those alien trees at the top of the mountain uh, where our water comes from, the water that goes through communities into the game reserve comes from those areas. And now we are busy removing all those so that at least we can have our grass back and then we can have those water back, you know, all those things, yes. I mean, it's quite uh, uh, for you, obviously having <clears throat> having kind of grown up in that area known it, I think what's what's really important is that you're kind of, your job in terms of community liaison and stuff is really ongoing, isn't it? But it's certainly, it's very exciting. I mean, it's got uh, certainly got a lot of elements to it, which I'm sure are keeping you very busy over there. Um, and also just maybe, Musa, if you can just tell us a little bit about um, kind of the long-term vision for Babananga. I mean, I'm just circling, circling back a bit, you were talking about um, employment uh, and, and the impact that has on the community, which are, which is incredible. But I mean, is the, is there an expansion project? How many lodges are you running there at the moment? And, uh, and ultimately, you, you know, is there growth for that? And, and do you see more employment opportunities for people working in that area? Yeah, no, it's true. That is true. Uh, we, we have three uh, lodges at the moment that are operational. Uh, I'll just name them and then explain how they work. You, we've got Babanango Valley Lodge. We've got Zulu Rock, and then the last one is Matatane. And then those three uh, are situated in different parts of the game reserve. One is in the south, the other one in the north, and the other one is on the east of the game reserve. The pricing of those of those three also is slightly different, so it can, it can accommodate uh, everyone. You know what? There is more uh, lodges to be built. Uh, there is one. Uh, called Travelers Camp, which is starting uh, this year, uh, which that one will be uh, on the banks of the White Umfolozi. It's a five-star camp that will be built there. The other one that will also be built in the course of the year is called Matualeni, which is also another five-star uh, lodge. It, at least everyone can afford to come and see and visit Babanango Game Reserve. To be honest, with we all aware of what uh, Corona has done uh, to to tourism uh, industry. You know what it has 
crippled it. It's all, it's, it's, it's on its knees at the moment. And then, you know, you cannot expect people to pay huge sums of money. Yeah, that's why we are having to do all this so that we can accommodate everyone, especially our own people, South Africans, our own people from KwaZulu-Natal, our own people from local uh, businesses, or even local people who want to come and, and visit it. Uh, there's bicycle trails. Uh, if you want to go on a bicycle, you know what, you can do that. If you are at Matatane, which is a, a camp, you know what, we've got horse rides there. You can go on horses, climb the mountain, go to, you know, across the river, uh, White Umfolozi, on the banks of Umfolozi. I mean, I think it's, uh, you've, you've touched on it uh, quite a bit in what you just said, but you know, it's, it's really important to have that diversity of activities and experiences um, especially considering uh, the South African market and the need to attract local travellers. You know, it's close to a lot of South Africans' hearts and it's a very beautiful area and I think it's, it's really nice and it's important that, that it attracts those South African clients who, can, who will fall in love with that place. Yeah, no, like you say, you know, uh, Babanango is situated in the heart of uh, Zululand, to say, where lots of Zulu battles took place where there's like seven Zulu kings buried not far from the game reserve. You know what, Babanango, that's why I'm saying it's in the heart of, uh, of, of Zululand. There's warriors who left Ulundi to go and fight at Isanjwane, walked through Babanango game reserve. This place has got so much history in it. That's why it's called the Valley of the Kings, uh, Emakosini. You know what, King Senzangakon uh, is not far from here. It's the, that's how rich it is in history. You know what? There's so much that you can uh, find. This is, you know what, Stuart and James, to, to tell you, the beauty of this, uh, it's not only on the big five, but the terrain here, the mountains, river, the, the, it's, it's just beautiful. What's the drive like? Is it, is it easy to get to or is it quite a challenge? It's very, very easy to drive from Devon Airport to Babanango Game Reserve. It's it's exactly three hours from uh, King Shaka Airport to Babanango. It's on the tar road all the way from King Shaka to, to Babanango. And then from the reception, then you get taken to your respective lodge where you are, uh, you are staying. You know what? You leave your car at the lodge and then we'll take you to whatever lodge where you're staying. If you're staying at Babanango Valley Lodge, then you get taken to the, if you're at Zulu Rock or if it's Matatane, you know what? It's, it's, it's not a difficult place to find. I, you know, we work, working in tourism, we know that when people are selling South Africa, the go-to game reserve experience is quite often Kruger Park. KwaZulu-Natal or KZN sometimes get overlooked, as does the whole province sometimes. So what, what is it about the Babanango area and the KZN parks there for you that sets it aside from... Uh, Kruger and why should people go there for you? KZN uh, is, has got so much history. One, in conservation, for example, you know, when rhinos almost went into extinct, the rhinos, all the rhinos you find now, like the, the southern white rhinos, they all come from Shufuwi Game Reserve. Shufuwi Game Reserve is one of the oldest uh, game reserve that you can find in the history of all game reserve. I think it's the second oldest game reserve in the whole world. 
Fufui Game Reserve is one of the first game reserves where King Shaka used to go and hunt in that game reserve. That's why it's one of the oldest. And then KZN at all has got so much history uh, of the Zulus, the battles uh, that took place in this area. There are so much, you know what? People will always like to come here and find out and hear how, uh, which nation fought which nation where. The Beckley of Sanjuan, the Ngome uh, Blood River battles, they are not far from here. You know what? That's how rich this area is. You know, if you want to come and hear and listen uh, to people, to historians telling you how it all happened, you must come here. That's where you can find it. There is uh, more than 20 kilometers of the White Umfolozi going through the game reserve. You know, the, the cliffs, there is so much that you can find here. The oldest uh, rock, I think, in, in South Africa, uh, the oldest rock formation that you find in South Africa is found here, which they said is more than 3 million years old. I think it's the one mistake that a lot of people make when they're thinking about a safari, is that, you know, a safari is a safari, and they'll go and, they'll go and see animals, and whether it's Kruger or, or, or um, Botswana or Zimbabwe, and uh, it's only those that have done a few trips that they realize that um, other than the spectacular differences that you get in terrains and, and wildlife experiences, the culture is a big part, portion of the safari experience. It's, you know, if, if someone has the privilege to go on safari with you, Musa, I can imagine you sharing about your own personal culture and the history of the area and the culture, the history of that area. And that forms a big part of the experience for the guests that come to, to Babanango as well. Uh, isn't that right? Definitely. You know what? If you come to Babanango Game Reserve, the culture is critical and important because that's when we take you out now and then we show you, we tell you the history of the people, how people used to live, how people live in today's life. Musa, so, um, yeah, so you're at home at the moment. What's, um, what's, what's keeping you busy? Are you in lockdown in the reserve or are you able to cruise around and get out into the bush? Yeah, you know, this is what I wanted to also add. Uh, at the moment, the game reserve is not fully fenced. We are busy finishing or wrapping up with our fence. Uh, you know, we have three of the big five. Uh, we wanting to have big five in the game reserve. The size of the game reserve, when it's fully finished, it will be 22 or 23,000 hectares. That's a quite a big portion mm. to start with. You know, most game reserves start very small. We're starting at 23,000 hectares. That is quite a big game reserve. And then, you know, we're planning to introduce... Uh, elephants this year when we fully finish uh, with the fence we're hoping to finish with the fence in february and then in march we will have elephants and then yeah next year 2022 we introduce our lions which means this year the plan is to have elephants cheetah and then next year and then we introduce um lions but my assistant you know what i've got the team a very capable team that i work with they're doing all the best they can you know what you know, we, we always uh, joke about this as a team when we talk about it, that, you know what, guys, between all of us, no one has started a game reserve. We are now starting a game reserve. Game reserves were started long time ago. And 
in my team, it's me and the guys who've never started a game reserve. And then we are starting this game reserve. We're learning as we go. We make mistakes and then we correct them. You know what? We, we, we fall, we stand up, we go. That's how it is. Well, that's brilliant, Mosa. I um, we thoroughly enjoyed that, and there you have it, everybody. It's um, it's a place that uh, should definitely be on your list if you're planning on heading to South Africa one day. Not least because it's a beautiful sounding place, but because by going on a safari in this game reserve, you are actively participating in their big picture there, which is to rewild uh, an area to bring it back to what it was hundred years ago when King Shaka was cruising through the area and hunting, you know, to bring it back to the wilderness and to support the communities um, that, are, that are involved there. And I think what's brilliant is you guys are splitting up the area so well, creating high-end five-star lodges, uh, more affordable um, luxury camping, and everybody can have their area of the reserve. A beautifully executed project, a massive project. And, um, well, we can't wait to come and see it. Cheers, man. Okay, no, thank you for much, guys. Cheers, Musa. Thanks so much, man. Okay. Bye, guys. Cheerio. Bye. Thank you so much for listening, and we hope you enjoyed the episode. Please, if you've got any questions or feedback, or if you know somebody that would be really good for the podcast, do get in touch with us. You can reach us on inspiringafricantravel.com. Otherwise, reach out to us on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook. We are all over there. And we also have a YouTube channel, so please check that out and and subscribe as well. Thanks so much for listening.